This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Wanda Howard, and today we have with us Frank Agen. He is an owner of a business that creates momentum and the dynamics that small businesses need to thrive in their relationships, business relationships, and that way they can really leverage those to have a good environment at work. I've been excited because we are going to talk about his upbringing, what makes him tick, what is all the things that he is doing to pass on good traditions to his kids. So that way, both business and family has thrived for him. So welcome, Frank, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, great. I appreciate being on the uh, on the program, Wanda. Um, a little about, my, about myself. I live in Columbus, Ohio. i not from here. I was actually moved here a long time ago, eight, 1984, to go to law school. Never thought I would stay. Um, grew up in a little town in the upper peninsula of Michigan where my dad was a professor. Um, but, uh, I came here to go to law school. I got a law degree, got an MBA, started my career in a really big firm doing tax consulting, which, uh, can sound prestigious or really boring or probably both. Um, and both are very, very true. But after about six years, I decided to leave and go into private practice and just kind of explore my, you know, my entrepreneurial drive and it had always been there. Um, and I really didn't know how to grow a practice, but through that, somebody suggests that I get into a tips club or a leads group. And there are groups out there that bring together entrepreneurs, sales reps, professionals on a weekly basis to learn about each other, develop relationships and exchange referrals. And so that's what led me into um, that organization. Long story short, Wanda, at one point I bought it out. That was in the early 2000s. Um, and wow. I rebranded it as Amspirit Business Connections. And uh, I haven't practiced law since then. I spend my days um, helping small business people get more, generate more success from their networks, from the professional relationships. Oh, that's so cool. So what was your main drive to go into that niche? Why why small businesses? Why help them with their relationships? Um. You know, there was nothing wrong with practicing law, but practicing law was kind of, uh, you're a glorified plumber, right? Plumber comes, he unclogs your toilet or sink or whatever, you pay, you pay the bill and he's gone. And that was really my existence as an attorney. I, you know, I was mainly a business attorney, but Wanda, if I did my job right, I would never hear from my clients again, oh. right? Um, and so it was on constant hunting and this was an opportunity to build it's a membership i mean i've got you know hundreds of members out there that have been members for years and they subscribe to the program and more and more come on and uh, so that was part of it just to kind of the recurring sort of a thing but the other thing is i really wanted to create something you know every year there are thousands of attorneys that graduate from law school or students that graduate from law school and get into legal practice and it's really not unique now i have competitors but I don't have thousands of competitors and um, it's, you know, something unique, something I can build. Uh, the name Am Spirit, which is short for American Spirit, is literally something I came up with when I was in law school. Just a, I made up a word. Um, and um, a lot of people don't know that, but um, 
it's uh, you know building. I've you know I've created something. It's like having a kid, right? You have a kid, and you get to watch that kid grow and become something and and add value to the world. And it's kind of the same thing with my business. So uh, it's been kind of a fun journey. Oh, that's so cool, and I love it because. One, it shows this blueprint of really being able to break the mold of staying in corporate or whatever the career that you've chosen. And when you feel a drive to do something different, it's possible. But yeah. also that desire within you to build real lasting connection in business. And that that makes total sense why that's your superpower of being able to help small businesses leverage that. So that's so cool. So what was it then as a kid for you that built that foundation of why why is connection so valuably important to you personally uh, you know i don't know that uh building connections i don't know if there was anything as a kid as a, as a kid i grew up in in uh rural upper peninsula of michigan um there were a couple summers there where uh, we lived on a highway us 41 i would walk along the highway and pick up returnable bottles and you know just kind of make money um one summer, a couple summers, I sold night crawlers. Um, <laughs> you know, so 35, 35 cents a dozen or three dozen for a dollar. Um, and I made enough money to buy a 10 speed bike. Um, you know, so there was kind of that entrepreneurial drive. Um, but you really don't understand relationships. I mean, you understand relationships. We all do, you know, we have parents, we have siblings, we understand those relationships. But I really never understood the application of those relationships in a professional sense until I was really forced to grow my own business and realize that nobody cared that I had an MBA. Nobody cared I had a law degree. Nobody cared I had a CPA. You know what they cared cared about? They cared about that I was a decent person and I cared about them. That's all that mattered. I could be an axe murderer. They wouldn't have cared. All that mattered is I cared about them and wanted to see them succeed. I know that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? Um, in <laughs> fact, at one point, Wanda, I raised my rates from like $95 to $150. That's a pretty big jump. And I went to all my clients and said, listen, I'm just undercharging everybody. I need to do this. And I thought I would lose a lot of clients. I didn't lose anybody. Nobody even cared. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that it really does um, amazing things when you're able to leverage the teachings that you had as a kid and those relationships that you brought up, <clears throat> excuse me, and, but then take it into the business world. And like you said, it really forces you to digest and um, dissect all of the different dynamics that go into it and how to really make it blossom. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done. So what um, is it, how are you passing down those kind of entrepreneurial skills and the relationship skills to your kids? I tell, I've got three kids. They are at this point, 26, 25, and 23. Boy, girl, boy. Um, and they're all out of college now. My oldest is a software developer. My daughter uh, works in communications for a women's professional soccer team. And my youngest is a uh, commercial real estate appraiser. And I tell them, you guys are about 15, 20 years ahead of where I was um, because they have seen <clears throat> they have seen me for years with respect to you know creating relationships and getting out and having conversations with people and kind of understanding that it really isn't what you know, it's who you know. Um, certainly they take they're able to take advantage of relationships that that I have. Um, I give them all, you know, they all 
to get credit for what they've done and been able to build. Um, but, you know, there have been certainly connections along the way that I have helped facilitate for them and certainly kind of teaching them how to how to have conversations, how to take a long run view of building a network. Um, so, yeah, it's you know, it's you know, it's an, I think I mean, they make fun of me. It's you know, it's kind of a unique thing. And, that you know, hey, dad, don't you don't have to have a conversation with everybody? No, I don't. But it's fun and it's good practice um but um but then i see them doing the same thing i see them being very personable um in situations that might make other people feel uncomfortable yeah oh i love that it really is so much more valuable when we look at business through the lens of relationships and that's that's the unique thing about it instead of just chasing the dollar because then you're always working for the money and the money never actually works for you the way that you want it to. Yeah. Um, and also with your son and how you were saying that they tease you about having these conversations all the time. I really like how you said it's good practice, even if you don't have to, it's good practice. I think that is something that's hugely valuable that we miss out when it's only to have conversations to make a sell, when it's only to have conversations to increase your business, but when it's actually about the relationship, that's key. Um, one of the questions I that I have for you then is how would you suggest to a parent um, who wants to instill those kinds of things for that, their kids, for themselves, and that's not natural for them? Where can they get started? Um. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a really good question. I think, I think as parents, the best thing we can do is provide an example. So it, my advice to parents is you need to develop it first. You need to develop a comfort level in having conversations with others. And I tell people the, you know, and, and there are a lot of people are, you know, are definitely afraid of having what I'll call small talk conversations. Um, and I'll, I'll preface everything by saying this. There's a lot of power in those conversations. It, and there's a lot, there are studies out there that show just how it builds trust in others. Even people who are moments ago were total strangers, you know, having small talk conversations with them. Uh, um, my advice to people as far as, you know, how to have those kinds of conversations is one, it's less about what you have to say. People get all hung up on, oh, what should I say? What would be interesting? It doesn't matter. It's what you get them to say. It's what you get them to share about themselves. And that's that's always my my MO in talking to people is kind of learning about them, like you being naturally curious when you're talking to people. Well, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Um, and people light up when they have an when somebody truly leans in and has an interest in them. So that's the first tip I will tell people. Well, really the only tip. I mean, you never really have have to have an agenda because if you show care and concern for somebody or an interest in somebody, they're going to want to know about you and they'll turn the tables. And if they don't, then they're not somebody that it was worth investing time in to begin with. So don't get hung up on, well, I didn't say the right things. They never want to talk to me again. So what? Just move on. But as far as, you know, I mentioned the word practice, I tell people to be good at small talk. There are really three things to do. One, think about it. Just think about, okay, you know, I'm talking to somebody. What do I want to know? Hey, Wanda, where are you from? You know, you know, so on and so forth. You know, how did you how did you get to this place in life? I'm very curious. 
as to why you why you decide to be a podcaster, you know, so on and so forth. Um, it, you know, so think about that conversation on the front end. And I have a series of questions that I have in my mind. I, ha- I have them written down, too, but they're mainly in my mind now um, where I'll ask people, you know, how they got started. You know, how did you get started in that business? Well, where are you from? You know, and it always there's always a story there. And I let it, it allows people to just allow that to unfold. And when I'm driving to meetings or networking events, I'll let that play in my head. So I'm, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like a ballet or a football team. It's all scripted out, right? It's all, I kind of know, and it never unfolds totally perfectly, but, you know, you kind of, with practice, you make it work. So think about it as the first thing. Um, The second thing I tell people is to listen to other people's small talk, you know, just casually over, you know, at, at an airport or wherever it might be people having small talk and you see them kind of weaving in and out of questions. And some people are really good at it. And you can kind of learn from those people just by listening to what, how they maneuver. It's where I've learned just listening to other people. Wow. That's a, even today, you know, or, or, you know, in the present, I learn from people. Wow. That's neat. How they did that. You know, how they just made a cute little comment about somebody's tie or their shirt or whatever. Um, so the second thing is listen to other people's small talk, small talk. And then the third thing is just practice. We all have opportunities every day. You know, I'll be at a restaurant and, you know, I'll say to my kids, hey, watch, I'm going to find out where this person went to high school. You know, I don't just jump in, right? Hey, where'd you go to high school? But I might start, you know, start with, uh, you know, wow, you you know, you're not from here. You've got an interesting ac- accent, you know, or just something like that. And it just kind of you just kind of weave it through and it doesn't always work, but you can, you know, kind of have a conversation with people and people like to know that somebody has an interest in them. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too, that it's a lot of times I feel like people think it's slimy to have like, watch, I can, I can find this information out about somebody, but doing it that way, it really does help people feel like connected. They want to share stories. We all have stories. And you're a perfect example of what you just shared. Because as soon as we hopped on this podcast, you're immediately like asking me questions and leaning into being curious about what was going on. I love that. And definitely um, the unique stories you can pull out when you're not worried about what you have to say, but just want to really engage with another human is so good. I love, uh, I love all those advice tips there. so then this this was something that I remembered as you were talking is way back at the beginning when I was really nervous to even talk with other people. I was so shy. One of the reasons why was because I was so afraid that I wouldn't remember. Like, what if I forget their name? What if I forget this detail? And then I run into him again and I can't remember. And and so I would just avoid conversations altogether. And oh, now looking back, that makes me so sad that I did that. But what would your advice be to people that feel like they're not going to remember? What if they offend somebody by not remembering these details? How do they go about those things? Well, I mean, the first thing I'll say is this, is that, you know, I'm like Mr. Network, right? I just, that's what I do for a living. And when I go into events, um, I have an apprehension. There's a voice in my head that says, don't go. Wouldn't you just rather go to the office and sit and tinker on the computer, play on Facebook? I have that voice in my head. We all have that voice in our head. And we come by it honestly, Wanda, because human development, you know, the development of, of, of humankind, if you will, 
we started in clans of, you know, 150 or so. And you could live your whole life and never see anybody outside of that clan or tribe or whatever you want to call it. And when you saw a stranger, it wasn't a good thing. So we are kind of imprinted with this notion that strangers, you know, stranger danger, right? <laughs> um, but we're in a grown-up world. We're in a civilized world. And we're running into strangers all the time. But we've had thousands and thousands of years of this kind of imprinting to be nervous about strangers. And we're afraid that we're going to be rejected. Um, so there's all sorts of things along those lines. So these apprehensions are there. You know, again, I don't know what to say. Well, it's not about what you have to say. But as advice for remembering people's names, I've got, I have a podcast myself and I talk a lot about people about relationships. Here's some great advice that I have gotten over the years. One is that when you're meeting somebody for the first time, don't get their name right away. Because when you meet somebody for the first time, you and I are coming out, I'm looking at your shirt, I'm, you know, I'm looking at your hair, I'm looking at, you know, the background, there's a bird over there, so on and so forth. My mind is taking in all of that. It's sensory overload. So if you told me, oh, my name is Wanda, it's going to be part of that sensory overload. And it's just going to blow in one ear and out the other. So what I might do is say, hey, how's it going? You know, what's the what's the story with that bird on your desk back there? And you'll tell me a quick story or whatever. But I need to get by, beyond that first seven seconds. When And then my mind will settle down. And I go, okay, what, I'm Frank. What's your name? Wanda. Okay, great. So that's the first thing. So you kind of avoid that overload. The second thing that I tell people is try to use people's names. I try to use your name in conversation. One, letting you know I remember. Two, it helps me remember. Um, and then the third thing is, is that if you forget, it's okay. It's totally okay to say, you know what? I'm old. What's your name? You know, I forgot, you know, you um, and most people, most people are very forgiving about those sorts of things. The thing you don't want to do is you don't want to fake it. People know. I, I was talking to somebody the other day, introduced myself to them, and immediately I was buddy, right? Because he couldn't remember my name. He didn't want to fess up to it. You know, hey, buddy. And that's fine. I wasn't going to rat him out. Um, but, uh, you know, it just, I don't know, didn't, I didn't have a bad feeling about him, but I just kind of knew that he was kind of faking it. And uh, so I would, you know, don't yeah. do that. Just asked, I forgot your name, you know? It definitely, when we're meeting somebody new, especially our brain is trying to develop this, like, okay, do I trust this person and, yeah. and trying to figure out all these things. And when you can sense that, like, oh, they're faking something. What is it? It, it just adds this extra nerve sensory thing that's agitating and you don't really know why. <laughs> yeah, it's attention. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I love those um, like skills of, realizing that your brain is sensory overload because right here at the beginning and after I um, introduced you to everybody here, I realized I said your last name, Agin, and it's Agin. So there. And, and, you, and you know what? I, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, you didn't, you didn't get upset and it was all good and we're all fine. <laughs> so Wanda, I spent three years in law school, right? Agin, A-G-I-N. I was, I was the first person to be introduced and they screwed it up. Right. Three years, $40,000 or whatever for law school. And they screwed it up. So I'm very forgiving. Right. It's not uh, got Frank. Right. I, I, we're good. Awesome. So um, I want to know more about what did you what did day to day things look like 
um, with you and your kids in your home, not just with the strangers, not with interacting with other people, but what were the things that you did at home from a day-to-day basis that enabled your kids to have this framework of conversations? What did that look like? Um, well, I mean, as far as like small talk conversations or just kind of developing them for, to be successful. Yeah. Like, did you have, what, what were conversations like? Did you practice around the dinner table or what, what was it just like? No, no, well, not, no. I mean, most of that stuff was just modeled. Um, I will say this parenting is a team sport, right? It's not a, um, I have a wife, um, you know, we, you know, my kids have aunts and uncles. Um, we have lots of friends who, um, you know, I tell them we're not blood, but we're family because all my kids played soccer. And so we have all these families that we're part of and we're not related, but we feel like we're part of this soccer family. Um, and, and so there was, you know, certainly all those people helping out. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the behaviors were modeled, you know, Hey, you go to school. We got to go to work. Yeah. I get it. Your throat's sore. So is mine pretty much every day. Get up, go to school. Um, and, you know, just encourage them to, to kind of work through setbacks and, you know, all those little sorts of things, because they happen to all of us. Um, and, you know, we didn't allow, um, we didn't really, we didn't allow quitting, you know, a decision to start is a decision to finish. Now you don't have to go out again next year. Um, but you did it, you started this year, you're going to finish it. Um, and that just wasn't sports, but just kind of everything, you know, doing well in school and, and those sorts of, uh, sorts of behaviors. Uh, but you know, much of it is again, modeled because they just see, you know, they, they see what, how my wife and I operated and, um, you know, we work hard. There's, you know, that's just, that's how life is, you know, life is not nine to five. No. Life is five to nine, right? Five a.m. to nine, and you know all my kids get up early. We get up early. Um, even now that they're out on their own, you know they'll sleep in. Everybody sleeps in from time to time, um, but they're you know seven o'clock. I know all my kids are up somewhere. Wherever they're at, they're up. Um, but those are all just behaviors that we've we've modeled over the years. Wow, that's awesome, and I really like to that this idea of modeling between you and your wife, just because. A lot of times I think um, we rely on ourselves so much to do it all perfectly, but really when they can see the dynamics of a relationship, the struggles, the good, the working things out, like all of those things enables them to really put the pieces better together in their mind. So that's perfect. Um, If somebody wants to connect with you and be a part of what you're doing, your world and what you do in business, like how, what's the best way for them to get involved with what you're doing? Uh, you know, the best way to get a hold of me is you can go to frankagan.com. Um, that's kind of all things Frank Agan. You can find my LinkedIn. You can find my Facebook. You can find my email. Uh, you can find my podcast there, the books I've written. It's all right there. Um, I tend to meet people where they, where they like to be. Some people love to communicate on LinkedIn. For me, it's kind of email, um, but not everybody's that way. And so uh, that's really kind of the best way to get a hold of me. And in, in all honesty, Am Spirit Business Connection is not for everybody, but I'm okay, you know, entertaining an email and hey, you know, questions from people. You know, what do you think I should be doing? I'm trying, you know, trying to 
I get these questions all the time. You know, what do you think I should be doing to try and get a leg up as far as getting a job? You know, um, and I certainly have advice that I'll give um, that I've given to my own kids, you know, given to friends of my kids as to how to how to get yourself networked. Oh, awesome. And so what would your last? Well, first of all, um, <laughs> I have all of those links down below for anybody listening and wants to. So it's really easy to connect with Frank. Um, but my last question here for you, Frank, is what would your last piece of advice be for the parents who um, they love what they do in business and they want to bring that kind of momentum and energy into their home when that's not currently there? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, that's really kind of a broad sort of a question. Um, I, I think the best thing you can do is, is kind of bring a positive attitude home. I mean, I, I love what I do. Yeah, I have bad days, but people have bad days of golfing too, right? And so I tend not to really try to commiserate about the bad things and just, hey, these are the wonderful things happening in my life. And pretty much every day there are wins. Um, to, this is a win. Being on your podcast is a win for me. Um, you know, so there are wins and you need to hang your hat on those wins and not really commiserate about the, the little setbacks that happen from time to time. Because if you focus on them, you'll just find them. If you mm -hmm. focus on the wins, you'll find more wins. Ah, oh, oh, that's so good. I think so often as parents, um, maybe specifically more moms, I don't know, uh, but just the idea of going to work and then feeling guilty that you were away can you can that can come home with you but when you do what you're saying and focus on the wins of at work i got this done for my family that's a win and i got these things done for my family and for my kids and i have more energy and so to focus on those wins is so valuable so thank you so much and thank you everybody for coming thank you frank for being here and talking to us so we will see you all next time I am so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day and I will see you in our next episode.